0: so don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Welcome to the Royally Us podcast. I'm your host, Christina Garibaldi. This week, Prince Harry tells all about Charles, Meghan, and why he wanted to leave the royal family in a new tell-all interview. Plus, he releases the trailer for his new docuseries, The Me You Can't See. As always, I am joined by Molly Molshine, and this week our guest is Nick Bullen, editor-in-chief and co-founder of True Royalty TV, who reveals what the royal family really thinks of Harry's latest claims and what Prince Charles is doing to try to get his relationship with his son back on track. Hi, Molly. How are you? Hi, Christina. I'm good. Enjoying this beautiful spring weather. Yes, we got some beautiful spring weather. You are back in America (laughs) for a few more weeks.
2: Yes, it's great to be here. I I kind of miss watching the British daytime TV, (laughs) like talking about how much they hate Prince Harry, though. It's like...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally missing it. Yeah.
2: Let's get to our Royal Roundup and
1: kick it off with Prince Harry's upcoming documentary for Apple TV, The Me You Can't See, take
2: a little peek.
3: That decision to receive help is not a sign of weakness. In today's world, more than ever, it is a sign of strength. People that acknowledge their mental health struggles, they're really like superheroes.
0: I just frozen. I just. In front of us is a human being who's suffering.
1: Yeah, so a lot to unpack here. He is uh, teaming up with Apple TV for this mental health docuseries. It's highlighting, you know, a lot of different people from all over the globe, including Harry himself, Lady Gaga, Glenn Close. A lot of people going to be profiled.
2: Yes. I think it's really interesting that he is bringing in all of these celebrities and also talking to, you know, sort of normal people. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I, this is going to sound cynical, but I'm getting a little sick of hearing celebrities talk about how hard it is to be a celebrity. It's It's a little hard and I'm doing pretty okay in this pandemic and this post pandemic world. So I can't imagine what it's like for someone who's really struggling. Yeah, I, I, I
1: agree with you. And I think a lot of people are starting to feel the same way. Like, Woe is me when you're living in an 18 million dollar mansion in Montecito and can kind of hire people to come in and out and take care of everything for you while people are still on unemployment and struggling day to day just to kind of make ends meet and just figuring out how you're going to pay the rent the next month. I think it is a lot for people to take in, but I do appreciate the fact that they are highlighting people all over the
2: world, so it's not just celebrity based focus. Right, that's the thing, and it's it is always good to talk about because talking about it does remove the stigma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, It's just that also, I think the bigger issue with mental health is a lack of resources for people who really need it. And I I don't really see a lot of people rushing to give just more money. It's just right. a money issue, you know? So that's what sort of frustrates me a little. I mean, I'm going to watch the whole thing anyway. Oh, totally. And <laughs> and it's definitely better than not talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. It's just, I hope the next step is some sort of real action to, totally. to to help everybody get the kind of treatment that, you know, the famous and rich people get. I I
1: couldn't agree with you more. I think it's so true. And hopefully they do provide those resources in this documentary and that, uh, you know, people can get the help that they need. So we'll have to wait and see. It comes out uh, this week and we'll, you know, recap it all next week, of course, on the show. But moving on to Prince Harry, who also got candid um, with Dax Shepard on the Armchair Expert podcast. Take a listen to a little bit of his interview.
3: In my early 20s, I was a case of like, I just, I don't want this job. Yeah. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. Look what it did to my mom. How am I ever gonna you know, settle down and have a wife and a family when I know that it's gonna happen again? Yeah. Because I know I've seen behind the curtain.
1: So yeah, he he kind of touched on a little bit of everything from the First Amendment amendment to Prince Charles's parenting skills to his supermarket dates with Meghan Markle to even those Las Vegas
2: pictures. So, what shocked you the most about this interview? Yeah, he really let it rip. I I have to say two things. The first thing that shocked me was him calling the First Amendment bonkers because I'm just like... Let's not let's not that go there. <laughs> let's not have a European royal come and tell us that our democracy is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Maybe he was just being off the cuff and it's just that he legitimately doesn't understand it, which is fair. And then the second thing that really surprised me was at the very end of the interview, after Harry leaves, Dax Shepard and his co-host Monica talk about what went into preparing the interview and everything. And they had this great tidbit that no one really picked up on about his title. And so apparently what happened was his publicist said to them, what do you want Harry to call you? And they said, Dax and Monica. And then they were like, what should we call him? And the publicist said, you can call him Prince Harry or the Duke of Sussex until he tells you not to. So I didn't even realize that. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, it's just... I'm I'm confused about the titles. I'm confused. Yeah. Like I'm just like wait, I thought you were like man of the people on the bike with with Archie, I, and, but we ha- we still have to call you Prince Harry until you give us, like, grant us permission not to? I don't know. I thought that was so confusing. That what is do you- so confusing. Yeah. I mean, right, because it's like, do you want to be a royal? Do you
1: not want to be a royal? Like, one foot in, one foot out. That's what it kind of seems like. And Maybe it's hard for him to kind of separate the two. I mean, he's been in this life for so long, and that's always what he's been referred to. Maybe those are just, like, the rules he goes by. Who knows? Maybe he didn't even know that the publicist said that. You have no idea. That's
2: true. That's but, very true.
1: But, you know, it's so hard to figure out where they want to be in this world that they're creating now. Right. What did you think was really surprising? I mean, I think, you know, the same, I think a lot of people kind of picked up on the Prince Charles, you know, breaking the cycle of parenting, which is why he wanted to, which is one of the reasons why he wanted to move to America is because, you know, he grew up in such a rigid um, pain and suffering that he had as a kid. And he didn't want that for his family as well, which, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about with Nick a little bit later on, but it
2: definitely seemed like a dig at the queen as well. Yeah. That was really surprising. Mm -hmm. I do have to say that when I saw the comments written down in different articles about it, it felt a lot more harsh than actually listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like when I actually listened to him, I, it didn't even jump out at me. I just was like, yeah, we know all this. Like we know that, you know, they're, they're, they're not the warmest and fuzziest of families, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it is really surprising. Yeah, that he brought the queen into it, mm-hmm. and just that he's still kind of banging this drum because I think we all thought that the last interview was going to be the only time he really like opened that door to us, and that now he's just going to get to work and start doing other things, but. It seems like, yeah, I, I guess he's not done talking about it. No, it seems like, yeah, it seems like he's just getting started. <laughs> yeah. And then you know he did say, we
1: heard in the clip that you know he's wanted to maybe break away from the royal family uh, since he was in his twenties, and you know Megan kind of really pushed that. You know, I don't need to, this princess life, this fairy tale life. We can kind of make our own life, is what she said to him. And it seemed like he, she really gave him the nudge to, or the courage to kind of make the move.
2: Yeah, that was a huge takeaway from this interview for me is that – he would have wanted to leave whether which we've been saying for so long like she gets way too much blame for this whole situation but like him being by himself with someone talking for an hour and being able to hear that really it just got the point across that you know he's not being like brainwashed he's a grown man and he knows what he's doing.
1: Definitely knows what he's doing but yeah we're going to break this uh, down a little bit further in our interview with Nick coming up in just a little bit but before we get to all that let's talk about Duchess Kate who made a personal connection with a young woman who lost her grandparents during COVID. Um, and of course, she's, this uh, young woman submitted a photo for her Hold Still campaign. So take a look at this.
2: And that they had in that moment in time, they're sort of comforting each other.
1: The night before my nan went in Costco, I have to tell you this, we were watching all the Day celebrations mm-hmm. and I had a really, really good chat with her. Oh, and she yeah. was talking about how much she loves the Queen. Mm-hmm. And then we would saw some videos with you in your outfit. <laughs> For well, her photos being selected,
0: yes. would have meant so much to
1: her. I, I, I wish you could see the, her having this phone conversation. It's just the audio. But it is nice that she is taking the time out to talk to these people that submitted these uh, photos during the pandemic. And it seems like she really had a nice connection with this woman.
2: Right. And she's really sort of like passing the microphone to other people to tell their stories. And I think that's what's so cool about this Hold Still campaign, because, you know, she is just sort of directing us to listen to them and just kind of letting them have the stage. Yeah, definitely. And this was uh, posted on their brand new YouTube channel. So it seems like they're creating uh, a bit more
1: content, which we love to see as well. Right. Biggest or- influencers in the game now. <laughs> Seriously. Well, Prince William enjoyed a day of soccer at the FA Cup, and he even presented a trophy at Wendley Stadium. So it seems like things are starting to get back to a little bit of normalcy.
2: Yeah, it's there's still no indoor dining in most of the UK. It's definitely taking a little longer, and there's been hail all week, I've heard. So it's hard to be getting outside and hanging out. But, you know, I guess if there's a soccer game going on, it it's worth it to leave the house. Totally, especially for William since he's such a big fan.
1: (laughs) All right, moving on to Jason Knopf. He, of course, spent years working closely with Prince William and Duchess Kate, but he recently announced his departure from the Royal Foundation. And this is just two months after accusing Meghan Markle of bullying. This was a bit surprising because obviously this story got so much attention because the palace was uh, launching an internal investigation into these bullying claims. And he was the one that kind of came forward and said that, You know, Megan was not treating the staffers with the respect that they deserved.
2: Right. What do you think of this, of him stepping down? It's kind of crazy.
1: It's like, I wonder if maybe they found something in this investigation and they kind of forced him to step down or obviously all speculation. Or maybe he just felt like he didn't want all this
2: attention on him and he just wanted to take a step back. Yeah, it definitely makes me think and this is pure speculation that Megan may not be as guilty as he as they made out in this situation because if he really felt confident about the allegations that he made then why would you leave the job 2 months later if you really felt like you had this important investigation to carry out? Yeah. I just don't see why you would leave. So, I think this is very uh, there's a lot of intrigue here. Yeah, something fishy's going
1: on, uh, yeah. but who knows if we're gonna ever find out? But yeah, we really haven't heard much about this, uh, all these bullying claims since it happened uh, a few months ago, because uh, so much other stuff has happened. But yeah, him ste- stepping down is definitely an interesting angle to this story. For sure, rings alarm bells. We'll have to wait and see what happens. All right, well, it is time to spill the royal tea, and fans began speculating that Megan may have revealed the name of her baby girl during the Vax Live concert, and they they
2: suspected this by the dress that she was wearing. So they think she might name the daughter Poppy. Yes. Which is really cute, sweet, adorable name. And it it's a symbol of remembrance and hope. This is something that in the UK is always worn around Remembrance Day for World War One, And that alone, I just think it's so British that I don't think they're going to go that direction. What do you think? <laughs> I don't think
1: so. I don't think that she's one to kind of drop little hints like that. I think that they're going to kind of keep this one close to the belt until the baby is born. But yeah, I mean, it's always fun to speculate I don't think it's going to be named Poppy, but who knows? Stranger things yeah. have happened. Katy Perry did always wear Daisy dresses. So she was always dropping hints that her daughter's name was Daisy. So, and now that they're friends with Orlando Bloom, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean,
2: I wouldn't be surprised if she is sending us subliminal messages, but I just don't think it's going to be Poppy. I don't think, I think so either. It's going to be something that British. It's probably going to be something like Royal. Yeah, right?
1: totally. I think so. I think, I think in a way it's going to honor Diana a little bit. I just, I I don't know. I don't, I don't see
2: it, but who knows? My favorite theory is Spencer. I think that would be a really cute name for a girl. I love that. That's so cute her name but i don't i think it's a little too on the nose yeah but it would be cute it would be really cute all right well actress jody turner smith who is,
1: uh, of course is married to joshua jackson she spoke to the telegraph about Meghan and harry and how the duchess could have modernized the royal family she told the telegraph it was a terrible missed opportunity the way in which it was not allowed to be something that really modernizes that institution and to change it to something for the better i think that's why there's dysfunction there i mean
2: do you do you agree with her yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I think from what we hear from Meghan and Harry, it sounds like there were issues on both sides. But I think the onus was probably on the royal family to make it as easy as a transition as possible for for both of them. Mm -hmm. What do you think?
1: I think so, too. I mean, it would have been interesting. I I don't think that she would have ever gotten the opportunity to modernize the monarchy like she probably wanted to or probably hoped. I mean, we saw it try to happen with Diana. It, It didn't work. And, you know, they're kind of so stuck in their ways that I don't think that she could have made the changes that she wanted to. But it would have been nice to see her try and see what could have happened.
2: Yeah, and it begs the question: What is a modernized monarchy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I
1: don't know. I don't. I don't see Charles really modernizing it too much. But mm-hmm. maybe when William eventually takes the throne, but who knows? I don't know. Yeah. All right, well, Prince Harry and Meghan made more than one move in 2020. In addition to relocating to California amid their step-down, Madame Tussauds in London separated the couple's wax figures from the royal family statues. So they have uh, officially made the move to Hollywood in Madame Tussauds as well.
2: That's really funny. And it's yeah. a really good little troll move to kind of get a little press coverage about Madame Tussauds, right?
1: Totally, yeah. They moved from the royal family area to the Hollywood area. So I guess that's where they're officially moving do now? Well, I'm sure they're happy. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Alright, well now it is time to break down the royal rules and this week editor-in-chief and co-founder of True Royalty TV, Nick Bullen, breaks down how the royal family feels about Harry's revealing interview and what his relationship status is with Prince Charles. Take a look. What do you think that was the royal family reaction to Harry's recent interview?
3: I think the reaction to the recent interview was um, Almost certainly, please stop speaking. Um, the, um, there has been so much fallout from the interview and from all that intervening press that um, I'm sure the Royal Family and the various Royal Hassles just want a moment of calm and let's not have any more headlines um, and let's just have a period when no one's speaking. Right.
2: Do you think they're ever going to start responding to his comments about them?
3: No, no. So, you know, um, there's a very famous phrase in the UK, particularly with the royals, which is never complain, never explain. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I think we won't hear a response. We might get some um, response from the team. There's a briefing that's coming out of the palaces. We might get uh, a little off-the-cuff response like William did when he said we're very much not a racist family. But I think uh, the views of the royals themselves will be kept very close to themselves.
2: So what do you think struck the royal family the most? Do you think it was his comments about being in the Truman Show and living in a zoo, or do you think it was the parenting comments? What do you think really would have gotten under their skin?
3: Certainly here in the UK, and I would imagine behind the palace walls, it was the the parenting comments, because not only was he throwing his um, father under the bus Mm -hmm. in some ways, he was commenting on his grandparents. You know, his grandfather has only just been buried and he's talking about the way his father was raised um, and thereby commenting on the parenting skills of his grandparents so the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh. So I think that was really shocking for a lot of people that you've got this, um, this immediate sort of, uh, sort of line to, to the Queen. I made a documentary with the Duke of Edinburgh um, when he turned 90. And um, we talked about his childhood, and his childhood was far worse in many ways than anything that William and Harry have been through.
1: You know, it was interesting. Um, I'm sure you watched the Me You Can't See trailer, and a voiceover comes in uh, saying, treating people with dignity is the first act, and it pauses on a shot of Harry and Prince Charles at uh, Diana's funeral. Did you find that to be intentional? (laughs) Because I definitely did. (laughs)
3: I thought it was really jarring mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not, I, I only watched it yesterday uh, when it came out and I, and I did, I, I played it back to see whether I'd actually seen it correctly. And, um, and I don't know, it was, you know, he's the executive producer on the show. So I guess he had every you know cut sent to him of every promo. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a bit shocking. And I don't know, again, I would imagine What he meant was um, talking about being a child and having to walk behind your mother's coffin. Mm -hmm. But I think cutting to the shot of him next to Prince Charles at that moment with that exact piece of video was somewhat surprising.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, is this just further drive the wedge between the two of them?
3: So everything I'm being told about um, the relationship between the Prince of Wales and Prince Harry is that the Prince of Wales wants to everything to repair it he loves his son you know um i was told recently that he would welcome megan and harry back to the uk you know he wants to be able to see his grandson you know his, his granddaughter mm-hmm. so i think the prince of wales will do what he can to repair the relationship but it takes two to tango doesn't it and um harry is continuing to um make it pretty clear what he thinks about his birth family.
1: You know, it was interesting that you said before, you know, how Prince Charles kind of wants to do everything he can to mend this relationship. Do you feel like William is doing that as well and, and Charles is doing that and Harry is not being responsive or too much damage has been done?
3: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm told very clearly that, um, Charles is doing everything he can to repair the relationship. You know, it's a father-son relationship. None of us want to lose touch with our children. So um, I think that's a very active uh, sort of building the bridges that's going on. Um, But at the same time, Charles is an incredibly busy man. You know, he's heir to the throne. He's taking on more responsibilities for the queen. So whether it's the same sort of relationship that you and I might have with our dad, if we fall out with our dad, you know, and you're on the phone or you're zooming or you're meeting up. I think it's a sort of, it's probably a slower process if your father's the Prince of Wales and you're also thousands of miles away from each other and in different time zones. Um, so, you know, it's just simply harder to get into his diary to have those calls. Um, I think in terms of the sort of the willing relationship, then I think that's a different dynamic again. You know, when brothers fall out, um, uh, there maybe isn't quite the impetus to repair in the same way that there might be between uh, a parent and a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, you know, I'm sure Prince William wants the relationship to repair, but I think he is very shocked by the amount of things that his brother's said over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, uh, Megan has been pretty clear of, about her views on Kate. And, you know, when, again, in every family... When the sister-in-laws are slightly at war with each other, then that doesn't help the husbands in the middle. So I'm sure we can all look at our own families and see those dynamics that exist. Can you repair them? Ultimately, yes, but it's going to take some time.
1: That it will. Well, Nick, thank you so much. We really appreciate the time. You're wonderful.
3: Very
1: nice, Sully, thank you for having me on. Uh, Definitely an interesting take. I'm kind of surprised to hear that Prince Charles is doing everything that he can
2: to repair this relationship. I mean, yeah, I guess he has to know that PR wise, publicity wise, it's not a great look to be, you know, sort of a cold father. So it it kind of makes sense. He's trying to not only help his son, but preserve his legacy and keep the monarchy around whenever he takes the throne, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. All right. Well, speaking of Prince Charles, let's move on to our royal history moment of the week. And he
1: plans on opening the doors of Buckingham Palace when he takes over the throne. This is actually kind of cool because there's what, 775 rooms (laughs) at Kensington
2: Palace that could be open to the public and now more people have access to it. Right. Yeah. I think it's a great idea because when you go there, there's always so many people outside and you can't get in and, you know, it's taxpayer funded. It should be something that everybody can go and take a look at. And yeah, you know, there's, we all saw that the last season of the crown, the guy that did get in. So now we can all kind of. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And
1: they said that he, even if they're home, it still will be open to the public. I highly doubt that you would run into him, but (laughs) there's a good chance, but yeah. So I think it's, it's a pretty cool thing that they are allowing the public a little bit more access and a little bit more
2: part of history, which is cool this is definitely something that would make the modern monarchy feel a bit more modern. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, it's a great move. Why not? totally I love it all right well before we
1: wrap up of course we have to check in on our royal kids and the Instagram account Miss Royal Reply shared a picture of the note that the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge sent in reply to those who sent their condolences after Prince Philip's death the typed note uh, which was accompanied by a photo of Prince Philip read that he is greatly missed by the couple and of course their three children George, Charlotte and Louis and you know when when Prince, Charles, Prince Philip passed away they did release photos of the kids with their great grandfather It seems like they had a really close relationship with him.
2: Yeah, really sweet photos riding in the carriage and everything. So it's nice that they included them in the note. Definitely. I'm sure he is greatly missed by all. All right. Well, Molly,
1: that's it for this week's episode of Royally Us. Thank you so much for breaking it all down. Thank you, Christina. For all your royal news, head on over to usmagazine.com. Bye, guys.